0: edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service.
1: Anybody else need God desperately? a moment hallelujah i think god may have the word for you today hallelujah thank you lord the, the word of the lord today hallelujah hallelujah thank you jesus Now I've learned something about the word of God and the family of God.
0: The Bible says that we are one body and many members. Some of y'all act like you're an independent. Can I just share something with you for a moment? Some some of y'all act like You're in it all by yourself. Mm. Meaning that when (laughs) one brother or one sister is going through it, you are too. But all too often you act like my problem isn't yours. Or Connie's isn't yours. Or Amy's isn't yours or Scott's isn't yours. Mm-hmm. Or Sarah. <laughs> one body and many members. Yeah. So if they're grieving, you're grieving. Yes, amen. And if they're in pain, you're come in on. pain. Cuz if come you understand on. about your body, when one part of your body hurts, it affects the whole body. Oh yeah. Amen. So then my question is, why y'all sit there like you're not in pain?
1: Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on.
0: Or you're not hurting. Yeah. Or you're not suffering. Yeah. Just, just curious. <laughs> I'll be here for you. Amen.
1: Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. To God. Hallelujah.
0: What I'm meaning is we support one another.
1: Yes, we do. That's
0: right. That's what I mean. Uh, if you've come to be entertained, or you've come for me not to rebuke you from time to time, I've just done had it with people who want to show up for a boring church. If that's you, please find another one. Yeah. Amen. Come on. Find another. If you're not interested in the power of God, being there for one another, grieving with another, crying with one another when they are, helping bring somebody up out of sin when they're stuck in it. If you're not interested in watching somebody be healed and laboring with them in prayer, then this is not the place for you. Let's just cultivate new ground and just make a determination. Now, if that's it, the exits are to your rear and to your front. Yeah. Come
1: on. Come on.
0: Hallelujah. I'm just done. I'm done. I'm done with people who aren't hungry for God. I'm done with people who will show up to a church called Fresh Fire, but there's no more fire in you than a fireplace.
1: Yeah. Huh. Come on.
0: I mean, I'm going to come for it today. Done had it. Hallelujah. And so there are some folks up here that say, I desperately need God. You might not know what it is. Yeah. You might not be in that place right now. You yeah. might not be suffering, but you should be. And when it's your turn, I'll remind you that they stood alone, so now you can stand alone. Uh, yeah. Come on, people. It means we're to be we're connected one to another yes. when one's hurting, when one's in pain, when one's suffering. And so I'm just telling you that it's time we start operating. Don't use the Word of God to your convenience when it suits you. Use the Word of God at all times. And so that means if you don't like them very much but they're suffering, you should be too. You should be praying for them. If they get on your nerves, you should be praying for them. Hallelujah. If they're in pain today, you should be praying for them. I don't care what your personality differences are. I'm telling you, it's time we start operating and acting like the body of Christ. Hallelujah. I'm fired up today because I am I, just in no mood for dead people, dead church, people not expect. I, I went to the dentist yesterday because I was in pain since, I don't know, Wednesday with my mouth again. And I testified in the back and I just said, God, I flat don't have any more money to give to this nonsense. So you've got to show up. I just did. I thought there, if I use the card, it's going to go. Eh, eh. And so I said, God, you've got to show up. I can't afford to put more money into this mouth that's already jacked up. And so I said, God, this pain and this swelling, you've got to deal with it. I go in. I sat down in the chair. I'm just going to share this testimony with you. I sat down in the chair. They took an x-ray. I wasn't in the chair two minutes. The dentist came in and said, Adam, I don't know why you're here. There's nothing wrong. There's no abscess. There's no infection. She said, is it still hurting now? I said, no. I said, it hasn't hurt since I walked in the door here. Come on now. Amen. I'm telling you that, Amen. that when I just told God where I was and what I needed, yeah. as we've been teaching on Tuesday nights, for those of you that remember... As a citizen of the kingdom, I said, God, I need what you have, what you said I could have. So now download it to me. And so as I walked in there, I believe God touched and healed whatever was broken. Are you hearing me? Yeah. We've got to be able to have that same kind of faith through one another. And so we're going to pray right now for these okay. up front here. And if you want to be a, 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 just just a, a brother or sister in name only, then stay there. But if you're going to be a, a fair-weathered friend, you know, those that are only with you when, when, when you, they have a problem. But if you're willing to say, I'm going to be a brother. Brother, I'm going to be a sister. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Amen. Remember that? Uh, that, that I'm so glad, and I'm going to walk with you. Uh, if you're in pain today, you're crying, I'm crying. Uh, if you're seeking God, I'm seeking God. If you're repenting, I'm going to repent. Hallelujah. If you're seeking the fire, I want some fire. Hallelujah. I don't want them to get something that I can't get. Hallelujah. So we're going to pray. Hallelujah. And really pray for our brothers and sisters. See, see now those of you that are up front, now look around. See, see now look around. Now I want you to see that this is family, and this is what family does. So now we're going to pray as a family. We're going to believe as a family, hallelujah, and call it done in the name of Jesus. So Father, I thank you, and Lord, we praise you. Come on, pray with me. Be a participator, not a spectator. Father, I thank you, and I praise you today, God, that you are God above all, that you are a God of healing, you're a God of deliverance, you're a miracle-working God. You're all-powerful and almighty. God, I thank you that we have the ability to be a part of your family. Family, we have the ability, Lord, to join together and be a part of who you are. So, God, I I, I just pray and I ask, God, even now that, Lord, you would be in our midst, that, God, you would touch and heal and deliver and set free. Lord, some people said, I need you, Lord. I'm desperate for you, God, to do something. I'm desperate for you to move. So, Father, in the mind, will, and emotions of every person, God, in the deepest parts of their soul and their very spirit, man, God, I pray that you would begin to touch and minister and move heal and, and 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 even baptize in the Holy Ghost. Father I pray in the name of Jesus. God I pray where where there needs to be healing today touch and bring healing. God where there needs to be deliverance today bring deliverance in the name of Jesus. God where there needs to be a miracle be a miracle working God. The same God that touched Don. The same God that touched me. The same God that touched others. God do what only you are able to do touch and heal and minister and move. God those that just say God I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate and I'm hungry for you Lord I pray that you would meet their hunger Lord you would satisfy their hunger God you would satisfy Lord every area of thirst that they have in the name of Jesus. God I praise you Lord I bless you. God I honor you today God for what you'll do. I bless you God today for what you will accomplish in this place. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Have your way in this place. God, I I pray that we we would love and we would ache and we would hurt and we would rejoice together as a family. So Father, I pray that you would unite some people together as the family of God. I pray that God that you would bring us together as the people of God that will act like the kingdom of God, that will not act like fleshly friends, but will act like the kingdom of God as citizens of the kingdom. Hallelujah. So Lord, I pray that you would move across the front of this place. I pray that you would touch hearts and lives and mend them and heal them now in the name of Jesus now in the name of Jesus now in the name of Jesus touch and heal and
1: minister Jesus hallelujah in the name of Jesus We love you. We praise you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Hallelujah. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Lord. Hallelujah. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, amen. amen. Hallelujah. 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 Do it, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
0: God's good. He's great. Hallelujah. Somebody, while you're sitting down, somebody say, in the same boat. boat. uh uh-huh. We're in
1: the same boat. Hallelujah. In the same boat. Glory, glory, glory. Mm. My, my, my. Hallelujah. If you got your Bibles, I want you to go to the
0: book of Mark, real quick. The book of Mark, chapter 6. I'm not going to take any time for announcements. You get your bulletin, you got your calendar, check it out. You'll see what's coming up this week. Hallelujah, all right? If you don't have one, grab one on your way out. Some things happening this week. Hallelujah. Mark chapter six. We're going to read just a couple of verses. Verse forty six. I think we'll start at. We're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. y you, you might not realize it, but we're all in the same boat. Amen. Uh, and it kind of goes with what we were saying earlier. Sometimes we like to act like we're not, but we're in this together hmm We're in the same boat. Hallelujah. So I want to read in Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse 46. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 6. And we'll start in verse 46. Look at this. It says, and when he had sent them away. He departed to the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea. And he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. Pay attention to that verse. I'm going to read it again. Then he saw them straining at rowing. For the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when he saw... Him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost, and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure, and marveled for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. Hmm. We've preached out of this text most often in the book of Matthew. Notice that Mark chooses not to mention Peter walking on the water. We'll get to that. Make you wonder why. Something so profound in Scripture, why does Mark choose not to mention it? Hmm. So we've looked at this text quite a few times, and yet God is going to bring you and I a word today that we're in the same boat. We're in the same boat. Hallelujah. That last verse, for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart
1: was hardened. Hmm.
0: Hard hearts. Hard hearts can't often see God when he's in the midst. Hard hearts can't often recognize God moving when he's trying to move. Hard hearts are are, are desensitized by the suffering of others, by others hurting and being in need. I want you to recognize as we begin to look at this this morning, and and, and stay with me, uh, as we begin to look at this this morning, that Jesus began his ministry... And the disciples were really, and honestly, they were having a hard time keeping up with him. Because you need to understand, there were not certain hours of ministry. Jesus didn't operate 9 to 5 and closed at lunch from 12 to 1. There was no schedule to ministry. Wherever Jesus went, we understand stuff happened. Wherever he went, stuff happened. They, they didn't get to plan to it, but instead they had to react to it at a moment's notice. They didn't get to plan uh, his crusades. They didn't get to plan the miracles. They didn't get to, to plan in advance and, and put together a support team to help them. None of those things. They, they didn't get to do it. All they ha- were able to do was react to whatever Jesus was going to do in a moment's notice. Just think about when Jesus walked by and, and would raise up a dead man. And, and when he would turn the water into wine, they had to react to that. They couldn't plan for it. I know some of y'all like to plan for everything. You, you have a date book. I, I, I'm organized. I know where I'm going to be and where, what, what's going on, on what date, at what time. I, I like to stay organized. But Jesus was one. He, he would just go. And, and whatever he, he sensed needed to happen, he would do. And so the disciples were always sort of playing catch up. When, 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 he, when, when, he, when he touched blind Bartimaeus... And then he just kept on walking. The disciples had to react to that. When, when he healed the woman with the issue of blood, and, and he just kept going on to the next. It wasn't, those are things that weren't on the schedule, but they just happened. And so the disciples in this text, to summarize it, the disciples had just fin- finished a long day of ministry. Jesus had preached a long time. Somebody say a long time. A long time. Uh-huh. A long time. He preached longer than I do. He, he preached a long time. So much so that, 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 that the Bible says that the crowd grew hungry and were getting faint. Hallelujah. Now, many of us know what it is to have a long, tough day at work or with family or in a situation. Uh, no, no matter where we work or what we do, sometimes we just have tough, long, hard days. Many people, though, have this idea that ministry itself is easy. Some people joke about it. Preachers only work on Sunday. Ha ha, you're funny. All right? But real ministry is hard, it is long. All right? It's unpredictable. Real ministry isn't just dealing with your own personal problems. It's dealing with everybody else's. It's trying to keep peace, keep people unified, figuring out how the ministry will still be able to survive and pay its bills and and figuring out who likes you today and who doesn't. And it's dealing with demons and it's dealing with people and dealing with sometimes people who have demons, hallelujah, and all of these kinds of things. There's many different aspects of ministry, and so it's hard. And they had just went through a long day of Jesus and his long-winded preaching and, and then, then cleaning up after what, what the instructions that Jesus had given, it had been an emotional, physical, psychological, tough day on the job kind of day. Because ministry can take its toll on you. And Jesus had just finished what we see in Scripture as the biggest crusade ever recorded. And the Bible tells us over 5,000 men plus women and children and the crusade went so long that they had to end up feeding the people. All right. And, and a miracle in that in itself. We don't have time to preach that. But 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 and, and as Jesus was teaching, he had to have some people serving. So while Jesus continued to teach. The disciples were serving, much like we do today. While I'm up here preaching, there's people in the sound booth, right? There's people teaching the kids. There's there's greeters that do their job, amen, the welcome team. There's people that run the slideshow. There's people on the platform that run instruments. It's people have jobs, and so much as long as I'm up, they're up. All right? They, they can't go home till I'm done. Much like before I get here, someone's here opening up, unlocking the doors, turning on the lights, getting everything set for you, getting things set online so people can sit on their comfy couch and watch church. Amen. And so there's people who all have a job. They're serving in some capacity. Hallelujah. So that I can do what I do. I can't do what I do without them serving. Uh huh. So so serving is important. So as long as I'm up, they got to be up. And so there's a lot of people who do a lot of things that you never see. Some people clean the church to make sure it's it's decent so you don't have to go to a dirty bathroom. All right, There are people in the sound booth doing all the things to make it sound good, look good, all those things. Make us look better and sound better than we are. Right. That, that's their job. And so there are many people that do things that you and I never get to see or never get to consider. But I wouldn't be able to do what I do without them serving. And so the disciples had a job to do. The disciples had a job to do. And so they made it happen so Jesus could do what he needed to do. Uh-huh. They had to do what they needed to do so Jesus could do what he needed to do. And so they came to Jesus and said they were running out of food, and people were getting haint, faint and hungry and, 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 and they needed a spontaneous miracle, and, and so they had to react to the miracle, and they didn't have time to prepare. Jesus blessed and broke the bread and the fish, Amen, remember it, and it multiplied. And they didn't get to plan it out. They didn't get six weeks to plan this miracle. They had to react in the moment. Uh-huh. See, some of you and I need to start adapting our life to being able to react to a moment's notice of a miracle. See, we've lost our expectation that God can just do it. And that somehow we have to plan for it. That somehow we just got to get ready for it. That somehow we got to get ready for a move of God. You should be able to react at a moment's notice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You should be able to, to react at a moment. At a moment's notice, we have to be ready in the platform for everything to turn on its head and go another direction at a moment's notice up in the box up there they got to be ready at a moment's notice if I decide to throw out everything planned and do something brand new amen or or flip flip the service on its head we got to be ready the cameraman has to be ready in case I decide to take a lap around the church running hallelujah they got to be ready amen In the same way that they all have to be ready for whatever change might come you need to be ready for an instant miracle you have to be ready for God to show you you say you want him to you ask him to do things but you're really not ready You just want to prepare the atmosphere for it first. Hallelujah. But the Bible says he took the fish and he took the loaves and he blessed it and he broke it and multiplied it. He had the disciples get them into groups of 50 and sitting in the grass in the desert. I've preached that. We don't want to re-preach that again. But it's a miracle in itself that they were sitting in grass in the midst of the desert. And so it's been a long day. They're tired. They've been serving all day, waiting on Jesus to be quiet, waiting on Jesus to get done ministering. A long day, a long dinner, and Jesus then tells them when it's all done and the crowd is leaving, hey, don't leave the scraps laying around. Grab the scraps. Preach that one. Save the scraps. He said, but gather together the scraps of the fish and the loaves and put them in baskets and not just... Put them in the baskets, but put the baskets on the boat. Some of you might remember that message. Now, just for a moment, can you imagine the look and the smell and the feel of gathering up half-eaten pieces of bread, half-eaten pieces of fish? Hallelujah. That's like somebody eating half of their meal at Long John Silver's, it dropping to the ground, and you have to pick it up. You're picking up their hush puppies and their fish. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you're picking it up for thousands and thousands of people. You'd think they'd just want to leave it behind, but I figured something out when God was bringing me back to this text that Jesus places value on fragments. Jesus places value on fragments. We're going to get to that more in a moment. See, in other words, you don't have to be whole for, for Jesus to put you on the boat. You don't have to be whole for him to put you on the boat. You can be used and abused and he'll still make room for you on the boat. You can be squeezed and shattered and Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you behind. You can be broken into small pieces and Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you behind. In other words, Jesus values the shattered, the battered and the broken. Uh Uh-huh. Jesus values the shattered, the battered and the broken. Amen. That, that was worth saying again. Yes, he does. So, so they gathered the fragments and they put them on the boat and, and they set sail on the water, the Bible says, thinking they could now relax after a long, hard day. Anybody else ever have an opportunity where you thought, oh, I can finally relax. It's been a week, but that doesn't get to happen. Because if its not one thing, it's another. And just about the time you think you're going to be able to relax, a storm breaks out. Uh-huh. See, one of the things I've learned about God, and I just tell God this sometimes, I don't mind dealing with the storm when I'm rested, when I'm ready for it. I, I don't mind dealing with the storm when I'm at my best, you know, kind of waiting on it, ready for it, prepared for it, right? But, but I, in other words, I'd like to be able to schedule my storms according to my calendar, I'd like to be able to say, God, right here on Thursday at 2 o'clock, I can have a storm hit, but not before then. And the storm has to be over by Friday morning. Hallelujah. I'd like to be able to do that around my best hours, right? Not in the middle of the night, not on Mondays. God, please, no more problems on Mondays. Amen. But, but, but because I've learned that nobody really works good when we're tired. I, I, I know that about myself. When I'm tired, it's best not to come and cause me any more problems. Because uh, uh, I'm not nice when I'm already tired, when I'm already worn down. And so you come and try to cross me, uh, you'll see the other side of me. And, and so I don't work at my best when I'm tired, like some of you. Hallelujah. Uh, that, but, but storms often tend to come when you're already tired. They, they usually don't come when you're at a place where you're rested. Uh huh. And so the Bible says that they, they've set sail into the middle of the sea and remember without Jesus. Without Jesus, remember Jesus said, I stand on land, I got to pray. Hallelujah. Alone. I need some me time. Y'all driving me crazy. Jesus is that's the way Jesus way of telling us preachers, hey, be ready. Step away from your church people because they'll they'll drive you insane. You you need some time away. Hallelujah. In the same way, that's you, God's way of telling you sometimes you just need some distance there. Hallelujah. Uh that that sometimes we got to go away, pray, get strengthened and have the strength to be able to deal with one another. Glory to God. But this is also really an opportunity for you and I to see that they've set sail into the middle of the sea. Jesus is on the land. And this is an opportunity that whenever the enemy catches you without Jesus, he will always send some kind of a storm into your life. Whenever the enemy catches you without Jesus, he will always send some kind of storm in your life. In other words he, he don't want to bother you when Jesus is around so for everybody who is is like that that you sort of put Jesus on and off like your, your like your clothes that's why sometimes it's real bad and and okay you know kind of bad you know because you're kind of just putting Jesus on he he ain't always with you right you're not allowing the working and the moving of the Holy Spirit we are Bless me now, my sin. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just recognize our need of you today in this place. Jesus. God, we need you more. Today than Lord, we did yesterday. God, there's some folks that need you yes. desperately. In fact, if you need God desperately for some reason, come, come back, come quickly. I know there were just a couple of you, but if that was you, come. I believe in the power of agreement. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank the
1: Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Anybody else need God desperately? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. How did it Thank you, Lord. How did it Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah there's, it's normal sometimes to suffer in some capacities. Some toiling and some twisting is permitted by God. And then we're left wondering, God, how are you going to get me out of this? God, I'm already tired. I'm already stressed. I'm already dealing with a lot. How am I going to deal with this too? And yet Jesus sort of has a plan. And then typically at the height of your struggle, the enemy often whispers to you right there, where is your God now? Just when you thought God was going to pull you out, where is God now? Why isn't any change coming? Why didn't healing happen? Why didn't you get your miracle? He'll say things like, if your God was really here, you would not be going through this. Where is your God? And so then, and here that understanding that, remember, Jesus is leaving them toil and struggle. I don't know about you, but it's only February, and it has already been a year of some toiling and struggling. I mean, hallelujah. Already a year of toiling and struggling. No matter how many degrees you have, no matter what race we are, no matter what age we are, amen, no matter what what, uh, party we we are part of, no matter any of those things, no matter our, our economic bracket, none of those things, it has been a year already of some suffering and some toiling. We see chaos around the world. There's chaos in Israel and chaos in Ukraine and chaos on our southern border. Amen. And, and chaos in our country and chaos in our major cities across the country. Chaos in our homes and chaos in our families. And people are struggling in our neighborhoods and people are struggling in our churches. They're just There's just stuff going on everywhere. It's been a year already of toiling and struggling. And yet it caused me saying, God, have you left us toiling and struggling, tired and empty? The Bible says that they were toiling in the boat, and that they were all in the same boat. Different people in the same boat, different personalities. In the same boat. In the boat was John, the the one the Bible says that Jesus loved, was in the boat. Judas, the one that would betray Jesus, was in the boat. Uh Uh-huh. Peter, the one who, who would cut off a man's ear defending Jesus, was in the boat. See, it didn't matter the details of their personalities, They were all in the same boat. Uh Uh-huh. They were all in the same boat. There, There was no distinction between them. They were all in the boat together. And Jesus left them toiling. My God. I said Jesus left them toiling. Even though the one, one of them in the boat was the one Jesus loved, he, he left them toil. He left them struggle. Mmm, hallelujah. See, that instantly makes, causes a problem for me theologically. Because this is why I sometimes have a problem with the old church. Some of us grew up in old church. And and I have a a slight problem with the old church because I I love, we were talking about it briefly this morning about the old church, about how we used to dress. Come on. Women all dressing to the nines and wearing hats and, you know, looking all fly and, you know, all that stuff. And all the great instruments. I mean, there there were tambourines all over the place. And every church had a Hammond B3 organ in it. Hallelujah. And... And, and, and big, fancy grand pianos. Come on. I wasn't the only one that grew up like that, right? And, and, and you know, everybody had the hard pews, but we didn't mind because we was in love with Jesus. It, ladies, it did give you a running in your pantyhose, but it was all right. See, see now if your church don't have padded pews and, and, and comfy chairs, I ain't going there. God didn't call me there. Brother Don knows what I'm talking about. It didn't matter. We didn't have to have air conditioning to have church. We, we didn't have to cover up your short, skimpy, slutty dresses. Oh, see, I did. I said it. Coming up in the house of God looking like a hoochie mama. I don't know where you think you're going. Back, back in the old church, Brother Clifford, a, a church mama, she, she'd get, get, you better come. She, she'd come over to you and she'd just say, honey, I love you, but you need to save that for your husband. And, and the lady said, "Well, I don't have one, I know." Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. I'll just give you a moment to take it all in. Hallelujah. See See, see, we've forgotten some of those things that, that were important in the old church, but we've just set it aside so that we can be comfortable. so, so, so that it's all good, you know. We don't have to dress up. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that we set aside some of the standards and some of the important protocols of church and bringing God and coming to God in our best. And and we just think I can be anyhow, dress any way, and God love me and all of those things and forgetting that sometimes there is a standard. He's called us to holiness and righteousness. But that's beside the point. I said I have a problem with the old church. We did all those things, right? We have the best instruments. We'd have the best music, amen. Wouldn't have the best churches, but we You know, the old church mamas would dress the way they dressed, all of those things. Hallelujah. Uh, and, and my problem with the old church was that the old church taught us about deliverance. But they never taught us about the struggle. They, 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 they told us, this, this is what I remember learning, and so this is why I had it like a theological crisis in the middle of this because I said, well, this is against everything they used to teach me in Sunday school because they, they told us if we prayed hard enough. They told me if I, if I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues, it would happen. They told me if I fasted that God would stop whatever I was struggling with. But I don't, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news that everything you deal with doesn't just go away. The text is proof of that. That Jesus decided, I'm going I'm to let him toil for a while. I'm going to let you struggle for a while. Uh-huh. That every trial just doesn't go away. Every struggle just doesn't go away. Every proclivity just doesn't go away. There are some things that God will leave you in the middle of and let you struggle. Oh, hallelujah. See, you're not shouting now. I said, there are some things God will leave you in the middle of and just let you struggle. And so the old church didn't prepare me for the struggle. Uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh. We, we, We just needed to pray through. We just needed to speak in tongues longer. I had to fast more. I had to do more, right? I had to dress better. They always said there was something more I had to do. They never told me that there are some times that Jesus will just let you struggle for a bit. So that's why I have a problem with the name it, claim it, grab it, and blab it generation. That's what I grew up in. Right, The word of faith movement, you know. Oh, God, you're going to give me a BMW. Poof, there it is. That, that's the grab and blab it I'm telling you about. I have a problem with that because it's just not true. Yes, he's given me power and authority, as the Bible declares, to, to trample on demons, scorpions, right? He's given me, but don't take it out of context and think God's going to give you those kind of things. Watch what that's my problem that I, that I have with that, with, with that generation, glory to God. Uh, because they think that, that they, they made us think that if we talked right, that if we professed the right word, that if we rebuked the storms, that everything would just stop. But they didn't tell us that some storms God will allow you to struggle in. And so our problem today is that now there are no degrees to struggling. We have the storms that demand a struggle. Listen, what I'm about to tell you. We have the storms that demand a struggle, but not the preparation to wrestle with it. Nobody prepared you to wrestle with what you're wrestling with. Uh Uh-huh. So it doesn't work. So, so when something doesn't work in our life, watch what we do. When, when, when something isn't working right in our, in our life, we just throw it away. If, if we don't get along with somebody, we'll just divorce them. We'll just leave them. We'll just walk away. Oh, see, hallelujah. See, I'm telling you. See, we haven't been prepared to wrestle with some things. We haven't been prepared to wrestle with things. If it doesn't happen, I'm just going to walk away. If they don't treat me right, I'm going to leave. Hallelujah. Because we have not been taught that sometimes you have to deal with the storm. Sometimes you have to struggle with it and still believe. I said sometimes you have to struggle with it and still believe. See, it's easy for some of y'all to believe when it's over. It's easy to believe when once he heals you. It's easy to believe once you get a $100,000 check in the mail. It's easier for you to believe when you get the new car. It's easy to believe when you're starry-eyed and falling over in love with somebody, right? But what happens when they walk away? See, it's easy for some of y'all to, 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 to move on like that. Hallelujah. But I want to talk. Any of y'all can believe when the struggle's over. But I want to talk to some people here in this place that are in the middle of the struggle and you still believe. Some people that are in the middle of the struggle and you still believe. Or, Or I want to talk to some people that that who aren't so happy, but you still believe. Amen. Where there's some areas of your life you're, you're not entirely enthused about and happy about. Even some people you ain't too happy with and you don't even like seeing much, but I'm still believing. I'm holding on. God, they're like nails on a chalkboard to me, but I'm believing. Hallelujah. I'm believing a muzzle will fall out of the heavens for their mouth. I'm believing the heavenly lockjaw in the name of Jesus. Oh, hashat alabase. Hey. Hey, Amen. See, I got to keep you laughing so you can digest the hard parts that are about to come drop in your lap. Well, what about the person who's still struggling in sin, but you still believe? See, no church didn't tell me storms are going to keep on raging. They didn't prep me for that. Remember, Jesus, he could rebuke it, but he has ordered toiling for you. I said there are some things that Jesus, he can rebuke. He could rebuke, but maybe, just maybe, like in the text, he ordered toiling for them. And he ordered it for you. I'm going to prove it to you. In Philippians chapter 4, if you have your Bible still open, turn there. Philippians chapter 4 some familiar scriptures, but we, 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 we like to focus on the one that says, but in all these things, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know y'all like to quote that and you use it to your advantage, but I'm about to show you that it ain't all that it's cracked up to be. Hallelujah. But there's some lessons we got to learn before I can say in all these things, I can do these things through Christ. Philippians chapter four, verse eight. Oh,
1: hallelujah.
0: Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Watch this. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report. If there be any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. He says, if there's any virtue and anything praiseworthy. In other words, he says, you have to you have to get it in your head when you don't have it in your life. You have to get it in your head when you don't have it in your life. In other words, you and I can't control the wind around us, but you have to get the peace of God on the inside of you. Let's move on to verse nine. The things which you learned. If you like to write in your Bible like me, you can underline that, learned. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. The things which you learn. In other words, the only way it works is you have to learn something. It doesn't matter how many times you come to church if you don't learn anything. Uh Uh-huh. That's what I was saying earlier about how we can claim we're part of the family of God, but we're not really acting like it most of the times. If you haven't learned that by now. All right. the, he, Paul's telling you, and I, this stuff I'm telling you, it's only going to work if you work it. It's only going to work if you learn something. He says, what you have learned, received, heard, and saw me do, do it. He's saying it don't work if you don't do it. It only works if you do it. And then he says, and the peace of God will be with you. When when will it work? When am I going to get peace? When, When I do it. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? When I when I do what the Word of God tells me to, when I do what I'm learning to do. In other words, when you when you take what you learn here on Sunday and Tuesday and you start doing it, you'll start seeing the Word of God manifesting in your life. If you ain't, then stop asking God to do what you're unwilling to do. Uh huh. I tell you because I love you. I have to tell you the truth. I'm I'm telling you, stop expecting God to do it all when you and I have to do do what he is teaching us to do. He said, I'm, I'm telling you everything you need to do and you're refusing to do it. Hallelujah. So we're going to get peace when we do it. I'm not going to get peace when I throw a fit. I'm not going to get peace when I start yelling and screaming. I'm not going to have peace when I cry. I, I, it only works if I do it. And the Lord, the Bible says, will be with me when I put in action the word of God. And so, in other words, he will be with you if you wrestle with it. Watch us. He will be with you even if you're, he, he orders wrestling and toiling for you. He said, I'm still going to be with you because my, my word is my will. Right? He and the word are one. See, he's with you. Verse 11. Yeah, I, I could... Stop there and teach that for a moment, but we got to go. Verse 11, not that I speak in regard to want, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Oh, God, I'm about to drop something on you. Not that I speak in regard to want, not just because I want a a Ferrari. Not just because I want to pull up in here with a Rolls Royce. Watch this. He says, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. In other words, you've got to learn how to be content in a storm. Learn how to be content in a struggle. Learn how to be content in warfare or bad times. I, I know how to be content when I'm isolated or in turmoil. I know how to be content when I, have, when I have much and when I have little. We have to learn how to survive in a storm that God's not stopping. I'm telling you, what you and I have experienced so far this year is nothing compared to what's coming. I'm not trying to haunt you or or, or anything like that. I'm just telling you there is worse days ahead. How do I know this? Because the front page of the newspaper is reading like the back pages of the Bible. So I'm just letting you know there are more storms that have been ordered. Uh Uh-huh. And I've got to know how to be content in them and get through them. Oh, hallelujah. So watch this, verse 12. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. He's saying, he's saying, I have learned. I have learned to be full and to be hungry. I've learned to struggle and I've learned to suffer. I've learned to be in turmoil and I've learned aggravation. So in other words, the same God that orders blessings also instructs me to suffer. Now, because we don't teach this, we have a church in shock Then, when trouble comes. That's why I said that's my problem with the old church. They didn't, they didn't teach us that there are sometimes God orders this stuff. And then we're in shock, falling apart, bawling and crying out of the altar, not, not prepared for a storm. But the Bible lets us know that rich folk, poor folk, hungry people, full people, all have needs right now. No matter who you are, no matter what your struggle is, everyone is in a struggle. And then verse 13, he says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Now, I I want you to, I I need to, again, deflate you and help you to understand this text was not written to be motivational. We've taken verse 13 to be motivational. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm -hmm. That's what old church has done to it. It was not written and meant to be that way. Let me just help you. Can I help you? I, I just need 15 minutes. Watch us. I, 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 I got to help you. Because we like to take, I can do all things through Christ's restraint because you think he's about to overcome. Wrong. You, you think you're about to step out of loneliness. I can do all things. Uh-huh. But see, we miss the, the, we miss the, the accuracy of the text if we ignore the context. A good preacher will always pay attention and keep it in context. And so the context here, it it was not meant to make you motivated. It was not meant to make the church mothers jump up and lose their hat and jump out of their high heels and take a lap. It, It was not meant for that. What it was meant for was to prepare you for what's coming. And so when he says, I can do all things... What it really means is when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, it means I can be poor or I can be rich through Christ who strengthens me. I can be married or I can be single through Christ who strengthens me. I can be with and I can be without. I can do all things. See, the th- reason why we shout about that scripture is because you're shouting because you want to pick the things. See, I, I, I knew I had your number today. Ramona, we want to pick the things. I want to be able to pick the things that I can do through Christ who strengthens me. But if I don't get to pick the thing and I'm in a struggle, that's the one I'm, God, I need you to deliver me. God, I need you to get me out of this. God, I need you to help me. God, I need you to shut this up. God, I need a check from the heavens. Never understanding that the text is really designed to be content. That even if you're in a moment of poverty, God says, Paul wrote this so that you and I, instead of desiring just a check in the mail, you say, God, I thank you that I can be content with. And I can be content without because I can do all things through Christ. God, I thank you that even though my body is racked in pain, I I can do all things. Through Christ, who strengthens me, God, I I thank you that I don't get to pick the things. But whatever you pick for me, whatever you order for me, I can do it. Somebody say I can do it. Mm-hmm. So, so Lord, if you order struggle, I can do that. So Lord, if you order tears, I can do that. I think I'm gonna help somebody today. Lord, Lord if you order loneliness, I can do that. right? Lord, if you order pain for me, I can do that. Lord, if you order a, order a penthouse for me, I can do that. Amen, God, if you order a palace for me, I know I can do that. But God, if you order the ghetto for me, I can do that too. Amen. God, if you order isolation for me, I can do it. Somebody shout, I can do it. Uh Uh-huh. See, now you're going to get a better understanding of the word of God when you start quoting that scripture. You you better know what you're quoting because you're saying, God, I can do whatever you order for me. And you don't get to pick the things. See, all hell can be breaking loose in your life, but I can do it. Through Christ who strengthens me. See, look at you. Some of y'all never been, it never been preached that way to you. See, the old church failed us because they took it out of context to, to make me shout and didn't prepare me for the storm. Oh, hallelujah. So I can be washing my dishes and I can just say I can do it. Not the dishes, whatever it is. I want you to understand. Some of y'all going to drive home and you can, you can do it. You can deal with her when you get there. Hallelujah. See, some of you need to just make that part of your confession. I can do it. Whatever it is, whatever your storm is, whatever your struggle is, I can do it. Amen. If it's pain, I can do it. If it's loneliness, I can do it. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, I can do it. Hallelujah. See, whether you love me or not, I can do it. If you hate me, I can do that. If I get it, I can do it. If I have to do without it, I can do it. If people leave me, I can do that. If you stay, I can do that. I can do whatever it is. Thank you, Lord. See, you need to understand the part of that text is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The reason you need the proper uh, etymology, the, the proper uh, uh, context of this, of this uh, scripture is, is if you have the proper context, hell gets nervous. Because now you, now hell knows that whatever storm God orders for you, you understand and believe I can do it. So if God has ordered pain, I can do it. If God has ordered poverty, I can do that. If God has ordered me to be hungry, I can do it. Because I can do all of the things. Hallelujah. And so the moment you start putting that in your mouth, I can do it. Demons start getting sick. Witches will start getting upset because I can do it. I can do it. Hallelujah. What what got me about Paul's statement is he has learned how to be content. In other words, Paul was someone who had to endure loneliness. Paul's telling you and I that you and I have to learn how to enjoy our own company. that sometimes we've got to learn how to enjoy our own good company. Paul had to learn how to celebrate himself. He's learned contentment in the storm. Now watch this. The fact that he uses the word content, contentment doesn't mean the absence of aspirations. Contentment doesn't mean I'm apathetic. Then I'm just like, oh, well. Contentment actually means to make peace with the process. Uh Uh-huh. So whether we're struggling right now to put food in the house, I'm going to be content. I'm going to make peace with this process. You got shut off notices, I'm going to make peace. It's not that I'm not going to go to work, I'm not going to do what I need to do, but I'm going to make peace with the process. So if it it takes this to get me to the other side, I can do it. To make peace with the process is contentment. Hallelujah. Sometimes we have aspirations, but we end up canceling out our aspirations with our frustrations. You you and I have to learn, you, you have to avoid the temptation to be defined by your current status. Whatever it is. Whatever, whether it's positive or negative, it doesn't define you. In other words, I won't be defined by what's going on around me. I'm not going to be defined by whether there's a storm or there isn't, whether there's wind or there isn't, whether it's good or it's bad. I'm not defined whether I drive my Ford Fusion or I drive a Ferrari. I'm not defined by what, what, what name brand I wear. I'm not defined whether I preach in a big church or a small church. I'm not defined whether I shop at the thrift store or if I shop at Dolce & Gabbana. Are you hearing? We're not defined by this stuff. In these final moments, i got to give you these three things that I see the Lord wanting us to focus on, and that is the boat, the battle, and the bread. The men are on the boat, and I want you to focus on the boat, the battle of the bread, the boat. Finally, I realized something about the Word of God, that every time God deems something valuable, He puts it in a boat. Every time God deems something valuable, He puts it in a boat. When Noah found favor with God, God said, I'm going to get you through it on a boat. When Moses got too big to be hidden anymore, his mother made a small boat. They called it an ark. Put him in the river, and it didn't matter how many alligators and snakes and other predators there were in the water. As long as he stayed in the boat, he was safe. When Paul was traveling towards Rome, we preached it some weeks ago, and everyone was getting ready to leap off the boat, Paul said to them, if the boat falls apart, stay with it. Grab even just a piece of it and it'll get you to your destination. When God created life and put it in the mother's womb, the womb which is a boat, and allowed you and I to float in her belly, because anything that God thinks is valuable, he puts in a boat. When even God himself got ready to come in the form of man, he climbed into the womb of Mary which was the boat. Remember then when Jesus even met Peter and he came down to the seashore and he asked to borrow his boat, he started preaching from a boat because anything God values, he puts in a boat. And remember in our text this morning, he put his disciples in the boat and then he left to pray. All the disciples are in the same boat. Why? Because anything God values is in the boat. That's why I said earlier, we're in this together. How dare some of us think you're more valuable than the next. Mm. You somehow hold more value than next. I I don't care if you can afford Dolce and Gabbana and some Jimmy Chews. Hallelujah. God bless you. Some of you are like, what's that? (laughs) Uh, uh. Those are like, you know, $2,800 high heels for ladies, $2,000 dress shoes for men. I ain't never bought none, I just know. Hallelujah. No matter what, we're all in the same boat, because anything God values is in the boat. In the boat. Anything God values is in the boat. Rich people, poor people, intelligent people, illiterate people, married people, single people, we're all in the same boat. I think back to when COVID broke out and just everything shut down. Man, we were all in the same boat. Catholics, Presbyterian, Pentecostals, Southern Baptists, the Methodist, Jehovah's witness I mean, everybody was in the same boat. The world, the White House, the UN, everybody. Man, God leveled the playing field. You ever notice, sometimes God will put you in a storm. Just to remind you, we are in the same boat. We are in the same boat. Rich people, poor people come through our food distributions. Some people drive an Escalade. Some people drive one. Some they're, they're helping along through the floorboards. Smoking and putting. Because no matter how much you have, some, You still struggle. Sometimes a storm is still ordered for you. You can make six figures a year and still struggle to feed your family. The boat. Then there's the battle, which is just the common human struggle. We'll often think things like, Lord, if you had made me different, I wouldn't have the pain that I have right now. God, if things would just be different, I wouldn't have the circumstances I would right now. But, but I'm here to tell you that the circumstances might be different, but you would still have pain. Single people get tired of being lonely and, and think if they just had someone to marry, I'd be happy. But no, you wouldn't. Now you would just have someone to argue with. And then you got married people who want to be single. You got skinny people who want to grow, grow, gain some weight. Every person in here has some kind of struggle. And you got big people say, I want to be skinny. Everybody's got some kind of struggle. Hallelujah. You don't get through this life without a struggle. There's no way to get to the other side without the struggle. The the, battle is important because just by acknowledging the battle, I'm letting the devil know I'm going to fight. I'm not going to lay down and just take it. Now remember when I started this as we prepare to close now that I said I noticed that Mark does not mention Peter walking on the water. The other Gospels mention walking on the water to Jesus. In all the years of me preaching 25 years preaching the Gospel side note we're having our I'm planning a 13th church anniversary and a 25th ministry celebration in June. But in all those 25 years of preaching and 45 living on the earth, I've always applauded Peter for getting out of the boat and walking on the water towards Jesus. I thought Peter must have more faith because he walked on the water. I thought he must be stronger than all the other disciples because he got out of the boat, walked on the water. It never occurred to me that for him to get off the boat meant that he was leaving the place he was instructed to stay. Maybe we have too many people who are asking God for permission to get off the boat that God instructed you to stay on. Mark doesn't mention Peter because it's not God's will for you to run from the fight and leave everyone else struggling. Oh, Please hear what I'm telling you. Mark doesn't mention Peter because it was never God's will for him to run from the fight and leave everyone else struggling to hold the thing together. Remember, Peter, it wasn't that Jesus told Peter to get off the boat, Peter asked. Peter said, Lord, can I, can I come to you if it's really you bid me to come to you? He said, Lord, can I get off the boat? This is where what God began to show me about this. Some of you, every time the storm rises in your life, you want to walk away. When are we going to just grow up and set our hips down and wrestle with the oars and fight our way to the other side? Instead, we want to be like, peter and just jump out of the boat hit the water ourselves the, the word of the lord coming to me through this is we've got to make our determination we're through running from the storm see there's a lot of people that would try to preach this and say that peter was right to run who says peter is right to run there was no scripture because i looked there was no scripture in the bible that applauded him for for, for running Watch this. And then we know the story well enough that that, that's why even though this particular text doesn't mention Peter, we know that even though when Jesus saves him, remember Jesus had to reach on his hand because Peter started to sink. He only had to save him because he got out of the boat. And then Jesus says to them, oh, ye of little faith. I thought before. I thought he called him a little faith because he sank. But could it be that, that Jesus said that because he was running from the struggle? Oh, ye of little faith, you, you, you wanted to get out of the boat. God has a word for you today that you need to face the struggle. Flat-footed, stand firm, and not necessarily ask God to get you out of it, but fight your way. Mark doesn't mention Peter because Peter missed the battle. So Mark mentions the boat, the battle, and at the very last minute of the text, he mentioned the bread that I've taught you before, which helped me to remember that now I understand why God, now I understand why Jesus had them gather up all the fragments. Notice, we don't ever hear anywhere else in scripture where they ate them or used them. Had it just been bread, they could have made some bread pudding. But there's some fish mixed up in that stuff. Stinky, nasty, half ate fish and pieces of bread. We never hear where they ever used them or ate them. Instead, the fragments from feeding of the 5,000 we're only on the boat to remind them that what God has done in their life before, He can do again. The Bible says that they forgot about the loaves because their heart, because of the hardness of their heart. The loaves were there to remind them of what God has done in the past. Jesus told them, take the scraps with you. Kind of seemed gross to take them. He said, but I want you to take those scraps with you. And the purpose of them was so that they could remember what God had done for them before. Because God knew a storm was coming. See, God knows that there's a storm coming in your life. And he wants sometimes to just leave some evidence behind in your life. That whatever he brought you through before, he'll bring you through it again. Every time he's ever, you've ever gotten yourself in trouble, God has always brought you through. If you've ever been broke and God ever brought you through, it's a reminder so that you and I can give him praise. If, if we've ever been jobless and yet God provided anyway, he leaves fragments behind so that you and I have the ability to give him praise. If we've ever been sick and, and God brought us through, he, he does those things so that you and I have something uh, to be able to give him praise for while we're in the midst of the storm. So that wherever we go, w- w- whatever we do, we've got to be able to carry the scraps that he leaves with us with us. The scraps that you and I have are our testimony that he brought you and I through. Some of us should have already died, but we're still here. Amen. Some of of us, God delivered you when we were drunk and when we were an addict, but, but we're still here. And so if God brought you through all of that, surely he can bring you through whatever you're facing right now. So that's why he says, look at your bread. Look at the fragments of your life. Too often we focus on what we don't have and we focus on what isn't. But God wants you and I to look at what is left to remember what he's done before. Because we are all in the same boat. The Bible says that after he reached out, grabbed Peter by the hand, got back to the boat. The Bible says that when Jesus stepped on the boat, wind ceased. The storm stopped. When Jesus stepped on the boat, in other words, when Jesus gets in the middle of anything, the storm will stop. The storm will stop. Why do you think we've been encouraging you to be a praiser and a worshiper the last couple weeks? Because when Jesus gets in the middle of it, the storm will stop. We, we encourage you to praise because I just know if, you, if you'll let him get in the middle of it, it'll stop. Anytime you and I will let Jesus get in the middle of anything, it'll just stop. It'll cease. If you'll just stay in the boat, if you'll just keep fighting and holding on when Jesus steps in the middle of your storm, it'll stop. But what God is trying to teach you right now is how to be content in any Situation that I can do all these things. If I'm poor, I can do it. If I'm rich, I can do this. If, if I'm dying from disease, I can do this. Uh huh. If my blood pressure is up, I can do this. If I can't see real good, I can do this. If I'm jobless, I can do this. Uh huh. If I'm lonely, I can do this. If I can't stand my marriage, I can do this. If I'm lost right now, I can do this. Whatever it is that I'm in, I'm going to be content. Because I can do all these things. And I'm not asking to pick the things. But I can do all these things through Christ who strengthens me. Stand to your feet. My God. As you're standing this morning, somebody say, "I I can do it. Somebody say, I can do it. Mm-hmm. I can do it. Uh-huh. I can do it. See, I can do all these things. <sighs> I can do it. I can do it. I can do whatever these things are through Christ who strengthens me. Who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope that you'll start looking at that verse so much more differently. Then I pray that that verse will teach you how to be content. Whether you have little or you have much. Whether you're lonely or you have a long friend list. I can do it. I can do it. The word of the Lord is just stay in the boat. Stay right where you are. Keep pushing. Keep going. Keep trying. Because we are all in this together. We're all in this together. I, I, I know someone's lonely and the other person is, is, is in pain and someone else is sick and someone else is depressed. And everybody has a different personality, but we're all in this together. We're all in this together. You're standing next to someone, just put your hand on their shoulder, grab them by the hand, something. As a sign, we're in this together.
1: I can. I can do it. I
0: can do it. Just allow the Lord to strengthen you right now because someone, your strength has been depleted. You're weary, you are worn, but you can do it. You, you someone else you have battle fatigue. you are just weary from storm after storm after storm, but the word of the Lord is I can do it through Christ. Just just stay in the boat, just stay in the boat Try, Stop thinking you've got to get out and be spiritual. just stay in the boat, just 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 stay. Father, I thank you right now for your word today in the same boat. God, I thank you for your transparency and the clarity of your word that lets me know we're in this together. I thank you that, Lord, though the one person is depressed and another person is sick and another person is, is writhing in pain, that, Lord, we are in this together. God, I, I, I pray and I ask that, God, that you would help this word to be relevatory. I pray that, God, that you would help this word to, 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 to resound in our thinking and in our living God throughout this week. And, Father, I pray that, Lord, you would just teach us today to be content. In much or in little, I'm content. In sickness or in health, I'm content. In happy or in depression, I'll be content. I'm just going to get through it. Because I can do it through Christ who strengthens me. God, I'm not picking the things you are. Lord, if you've ordered a struggle, I can do it. So Father, I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would minister to your people. Father, as you hover and move through this place in these final moments of this service, Father, increase and uplift and empower and encourage your church. Let them know that, God, I can do it. Let them know that it is through you, it is through Christ, through Christ alone that we can do it. I can do all things through Christ. I I can endure it. I I, I can get through this. Whether I'm alone or I have a, a an army of friends, I can do this. Whether I, I, I'm divorced or, 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 or I'm married, I can do it whether I'm rich or I'm poor, God, whether I have to walk or I can drive, God, I can do it. Through Christ, He strengthens me. Now strengthen and empower your church by the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you would just bless the week ahead. Father, start a chain of events in their life right now in this moment that is unstoppable. Start a chain of events that is unstoppable. A peace that passes all understanding. A joy that is unspeakable, oh God, according to your word, I pray. Because we'll learn the secret to being content. God bless our time together. Bless this week. God bless and move Tuesday night in a powerful, wonderful way. Because only God, you can. Bless the week ahead for these people. God, I pray today as we give of our tithes and our offerings, Lord, our church needs you. And God, I pray... That you would bless and multiply everyone who gives for supernatural increase. But God, as a church, as leaders, Lord, we're going to be content with whatever circumstance. Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In Jesus, your mighty name. Amen. Make sure you give somebody a hug. Love on them today before you go. Get, have a great big God bless you. Come back Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. We'll have a great time in the Lord. God bless you.